0: Oh,
1: Hello, and welcome to the If We Knew Then podcast. I'm Stephen Sox.
0: And I'm Lori Socks.
1: And today, we're joined again by Mazen Miller.
0: In the month of Thanksgiving, we talk about gratitude and take a deeper dive into what is gratitude and how we practice that on a daily basis, how we can make it a part of our life, expanding the experience of our life and that connectivity with each other that we're always longing for that life-changing, affirming kindness that I know I learn on a daily basis from Liam. It is gratitude without expectation. It is being present without judgment. It's the good stuff.
1: It is. Welcome, Mazen Miller.
0: When we talked about gratitude in November, of course, you're the first person who came to mind because your approach to everything is always right off the bat. So, so much bigger than what I had thought of in like the constraints of my verbiage. And so you, because we're so grateful for you, but I I knew that you'd have a nice conversation about gratitude. And the first thing you said, and I pulled it up so I could get it right. The first thing you said was that gratitude comes by itself and it's a built-in feature of non-distracted attention that is awareness without judgment or expectations. And I was like, that's perfect. That's, it's so perfect. And so I want to talk about the way you define gratitude. Okay. And
2: that really comes from my own experience. I find that sometimes gratitude is promoted or even pushed, or it seems like it's something more or extra that we have to conjure up, maybe even in the absence of a natural feeling. And my own experience, my deeply felt experience of gratitude has come after I have done a retreat, say, just like I recently did, and uh, a silent, still retreat in which eventually, after a long struggle, <laughs> the mind quiets. And then you can actually see things that are in front of you. And so, You feel actually a tremendous sense of gratitude for the people that are around you, even though they are strangers. It's not gratitude for a particular thing, but it's like a sense of awe about your life and that your life is sustained in the company of other people. That's really the best way I can describe it. And so that has shaped the way I view the notions that we have about gratitude and thankfulness. Particularly since we have culturally, we have these holidays that we established that are to exact from everybody a sense of gratitude. And sometimes in the absence of any real gratitude (laughs) or in the presence of tremendous amounts of stress, because there's stress around family gatherings. And there's conflict around family gatherings. And there are expectations for how those things will go. And that complicates things. And I think we need to be realistic about that. You know, somebody wiser than me once said that gratitude is the greatest of virtues. In fact, it is the parent of all other virtues that was Cicero actually, who was a Roman philosopher. That helps me to see that it's almost a baseline experience when your obsession with yourself and your negative habits of mind are dropped. Then you can actually see things in front of you, see reality instead of projecting ill will and complaint and anger and negative judgments. You can't be charitable. You can't be kind. You can't be loving. Sincerely, that is, unless you are first grateful for your life.
0: It's funny you should say push, because I think that's the basis. We just had a conversation with our friend, Melissa Kainach, who um, she's a, a mom of a little boy. Bertie, who is in England and he has Down syndrome and we've talked along the way. And part of our conversation was that expectation on yourself of to be this certain thing. You know, you, every everybody projects, you're so strong, you're so this, you're so that. And, and how that internally creates within us, because I'm guilty of it too, that, that, inability or fear to break or to be weak or to show that maybe it's hard sometimes.
1: Yeah. If you're told you're super mom, then you have something to maintain, right? This um, unreachable goal of being super mom.
0: And there's a, there's a lot of self judgment there, Mm -hmm. you know, like not wanting, not wanting to fail because it feels like in that expectation, there's so much that you're upholding, you're advocating, you're bringing awareness, you're, you're trying to make a change. One thing that we talked about is that sense of proving, you know, you're going to prove them wrong. And so I don't know, it feels the same along the same lines of what you're talking about with gratitude is that that same push.
2: Yeah, it's an extra weight. And it comes from the way in which we idealize concepts and idealize virtues and so forth. And I think that what we need to do with something that we call gratitude is um, boil it down into actions that express gratitude, because otherwise it's a very fuzzy thing. You know, it's not really in particular a feeling, you know, it seems like it's this extra kind of supercharged goodness. And so I would say, just treat it like thank you. How readily. How sincerely, how many times a day do you say thank you? And that itself, you know, if you make it a practice, will change your interactions and it will change your mindset. Because otherwise, what are we trying to get to with something that we call gratitude? Probably in circumstances in which it is more difficult than usual. To feel grateful. Like for instance, if you travel over Thanksgiving or you have whatever the circumstances at Thanksgiving or Christmas or any other seasonal holiday that you celebrate, it's not a day like any other. You know, it has more components, and maybe there are more people, you know, behaviors are different, expectations are present, and it's really hard to pull that off if you haven't really. Plumbed the depths (laughs) of what it takes to see your life clearly and appreciate it. It all boils down to mindfulness. (laughs) I hate to say this over and over again, or actually just to attention. If you can't be attentive, if you can't ever really see what's in front of you, you'll never be able to be grateful. You will never be able to be grateful if you can't see what's right in front of you. Because more often than not, What's right in front of you is someone who is delivering to you a simple service, or greeting you, or handing you something, or speaking to you, taking care of you, you know, all of these very simple relationships that we have throughout our life, I mean, there's somebody who picks up your trash, there's somebody who delivers your mail. There you know, may be somebody who cleans your house. There's certainly people who ring up your groceries or put them in bags, things like that. Now, it sounds like you would have to be a Mother Teresa or something in order to really see that and acknowledge that. But if you can't see and acknowledge that, then you will never really be grateful for your life.
1: <laughs> well, when you talk about making saying thank you a practice, what does that mean? Is it just saying thank you during the day, or I have have a feeling that's a little deeper than that?
2: Oh, you know, I'll I'll tell you that the things that are the most simple are the most profound. Now, um, I believe that there was a fellow named who was named Meister Eckhart, who was a German mystic who had a famous quotation, you probably see it on coffee cups. It says, if the only prayer you say for your entire life is thank you, that's enough. Now, this is a guy who lived centuries and centuries ago. I mean, he wasn't some kind of new age guy, you know, and he didn't print T-shirts or coffee cups. But you see what happens in those words, thank you. You actually are directing your attention away from yourself and your obsession with yourself, which usually is are negative obsessions like worries or fears or upset, anger, conflict, resentment. You see, that's that's really what's going on inside of our heads constantly. So by saying thank you to an individual who's in front of you, you have turned 180 degrees. You have turned your life and your world around. Now, for me now, because I of my advanced age, I hear myself, <laughs> I hear myself say thank you, sir, a lot. <laughs> or thank you ma'am, a lot. And yeah, it's to people who most often aren't noticed, you know, aren't, aren't noticed at all. I traveled recently and uh, on the day of my return flight, um, it was immediately after there had been a particular airline that had a lot of cancellations. I mean, thousands and thousands of cancellations. And so, although I wasn't on that airline, overnight, what was to be my experience on this airline changed because suddenly we were 100% booked with upset people, angry people. We were late, you know, the, the cargo holds were full and everybody was crammed in and so forth. And I watched, well, not just the guests or, or the passengers as they came on to the plane, but the uh, flight attendants who were clearly overwhelmed. And, um, you know, the stresses that are on not only them on this day, but every day, now with the changes that have taken place in the industry. First, I was upset. I was upset at my seat. And I was upset that I didn't have any place to put my carry on. And I was upset that I didn't have access to my computer. And I was upset. But then I noticed then, because of the poor location of my seat, (laughs) I was I was right next to the flight attendants and I saw what they were going through. You know, they were going through a lot. They were going through a lot. And suddenly I thought, oh, how can I be upset that I don't have access to my computer on this five and a half hour flight? (laughs) When I see what they're trying to do is get everybody on, get, get everything done. It was an extremely stressful situation. So I said, how can I worry about myself in this circumstance? Because this kind of scene is replaying everywhere, every day. And if I hold to my, well, first off, to my blindness, you know, and just be another upset, unruly passenger or to my obliviousness I mean, we go through life without seeing anyone or anything. And uh, we're locked in a negative mindset, fuming over circumstances that are beyond our control. And um, we can't begin to make life better until we can wake up from that nightmare.
1: Yeah, we we do go through life without seeing. And I think specifically to flight attendants, you, you see someone that is there to protect you, uh, to show you how to be calm in a situation. And yet, 20 minutes later, you're like, uh, where's my soda? It's, it's it's a weird dichotomy of a profession to have to be that responsible, but then take on the negativity sometimes you do as a server.
2: And also we've seen, you know, we've seen this huge increase in rude customers in all industry types. Now, I think that that reflects the circumstance that we're living in and uh, that we're all fed up and that we want things to, you know, be a different way. You know, so we're all stressed, but I think until we can see that, until we can see that, until we can see that in our schools, uh, until we can see that in our children's lives, they're extremely stressful now, and in one another's lives. I live a small life. You know, that's one thing I realized in, in, in my travels. My goodness, I became very accustomed to sitting in this spot. <laughs> and going nowhere. You see. But the world is really crying out to be seen and heard. Uh, we have a lot of work to do and to really restore basic human kindness, I think.
0: It's funny you should say to see someone else because I'm, I'm listening and my goal today is just I, I'm not type. Usually I take notes. I'm not writing. I just want to be like in this conversation and when you said about seeing people, taking our focus off ourselves, because I do think about on this journey, when we get caught up in things and all those conversations that go on, as soon as I switch my focus, I, and I I did it this week because the last couple of weeks were very overwhelming. And I'm like, I'm not... I always tell Sophia, choose your focus. And so I, it was almost like, uh, I guess when you shovel snow, like, and you're, and I have no idea because I don't shovel snow, but from what I've seen, just forging a path that I'm going to stop thinking about all of these thoughts that aren't really based in what's necessarily the truth. I'm making this truth in my head. I'm making extra challenges for myself and I'm going to focus on what is this or whatever it is just off of me it help it does help because then instead of creating whatever thought is in my head it it always does go to something that i'm very thankful for you know what whatever just to be able to make a meal for someone or whatever it is it's it's that shift is is so empowering in myself and when you say that we need to see each other this was part of our earlier conversation as well because the mis- misperceptions that we're challenged by. I can say there's misperceptions of Down syndrome, but across the board, we misperceive lots of people. And if we can see people for who they really are and be seen, like that's really what we're doing because we always go back to the advocating is just showing up. And our challenge of always feeling like we're proving, and it came to me, well, if advocating is showing up, can we just show instead of prove? Doesn't that feel so much better? Because we want to show what our children are doing, like all parents do. <laughs> you know, every parent likes to show, you know, here's their artwork or look at them walking or whatever. As far as a parent with somebody with Down syndrome, there's that feeling of proving. And I just thought maybe that's, this, that's going to be my new focus because that's been my challenge. I'm not going to feel like I have to prove anything anymore. I'm just going to show. And I felt like that went along with showing up. But when you talk about seeing, it's also just seeing everyone, because I think that's really what we we want to be seen. We want our child to be seen for who he is and not a misperception. But when I really think about it, isn't that what every everybody wants, is to actually be seen for who they are?
1: And isn't that really taking the moment, too, when you see someone? And then if you're grateful for that yeah. you're being thankful in in every moment
0: like we have a lovely mailman his name is Jimmy that yeah. we've known and we just we we for
1: 20 20 I've probably known him for 25 years yep.
0: and that's like a great part of the day when we see him to be like hey Jimmy and to say you know and we don't think about it as just for thanksgiving and what that gratitude is but it does it makes it's such a gift to the day when we see him
2: yeah and everything is mutual everything is mutual so If you offer that, you can be absolutely guaranteed that it's returned. Absolutely guaranteed. I I go to the little post office here in the little town I live in frequently, and I see the same front desk staff there all of the time. And they actually know everything about me because they always take my parcels and you know they've known every address I've ever sent anything to. Um, But so often when I go in. I'm preoccupied with how long the line is or how understaffed they are or how long it's taking. And uh, I have to remind myself that that is a really rare thing to have a human connection through the plexiglass or across the front desk. And that that individual has a name. Lately, I don't know if you go to your post office, but when you go to your post office, they'll print out, you know, your receipt and then what they do in my post office now is they stamp their name because you can go and do a survey online which i had never done before in 25 years i mean however long they've been doing it i would just toss the receipt toss the receipt but now i see that there's something one little 2 minute thing i can do to benefit this person who knows me like a sister you know <laughs> or a mother and the difference of that person Giving me their name and making that effort has changed my behavior to where I can say, This is really an advantage, an enhancement, an improvement in my life that there is someone at the post office who knows me and recognizes me. That's the essence of service, all kinds of service that you're seen by the server. You're recognized, your attention is being paid to you. And you see, service, like I said, all things are mutual, is reciprocal. You make an offering to that person as well by recognizing what they do and saying, Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. Now, I don't know if that's because I don't think I was ever taught or that was ever, that expectation was ever imposed on me that I you know, do that for elders, say, in my life, but it's the least I can do. The least I can do is to say thank you, and I just have a hunch that that's almost never heard.
1: I don't want to go into the selfish part of it, but yeah, it feels really great to do it. It feels great to say, thank you, I see you, we have a relationship, uh, some kind of, something's happening here, and it doesn't have to be this 25-year relationship. It can be that moment of someone you've never met before, and and may never see again. Lori has a good thing. She says when we we've done things where you know you're probably never going to see this human again. When you I mean, talk to rude. someone
0: on the phone that helps you, that you don't oh, know where they yeah on you the know. phone,
1: right? You don't even know where they where they are. And there's a okay, thank you, have a great day. You know, but Lori goes, hey, ha- have have a great life, <laughs> right? And and usually that person well, kind of laughs. Usually
0: goes, have a great great afternoon, well, day, weekend have a nice life. Not like in the have a nice life. I just felt like it was always limited. Well, not just today. I'm probably not going to see this person. So
1: I think that what that does though, is it makes it a reality to both of you that this is the moment Yeah. and there will most probably be no other moment for the rest of your lives together. And how wonderful just to state that and say, Hey, we had a nice, nice moment.
2: And the consequences of that are infinite. And I tell you that because it's not—it's not made up. But if you can, in that moment, you have first off—it's so—it's so true here. Your kindness to another is a kindness to yourself. It's not a transaction. You see, it's all mutual. So it's a kindness to yourself. And then, if you can offer that to someone, don't it affects the next moment? It affects the next moment in their life, you know, and it affects the next moment in your life. But I, I do wanna say that sometimes I find, and all of these practices, so to speak, of gratitude are useful because, I mean, there, there are some who say, you know, now you need to have a, one practice is at the end of the day, you come up with three things that you're grateful for, or maybe you keep a gratitude journal or you do this, this, that, the other. Now, all of those things are helpful because what they're doing is simply turning that 180 In in written form. You are having to think outside your own self-obsession. Now, what is it that obsesses us in our in our thoughts? It's not good stuff. (laughs) It's worries and anxiety and fears and ill will, anger, you know, resentment. And we can carry those along from the infinite past. I mean, it's just my gosh. We just never want to drop that stuff. But if we practice that pattern, changing that direction, it's a pivot really in our lives, then um, the good that comes out of that is, it just, it can't be measured. You know, the power in this moment to affect the infinite future is untold. So that's just, if you need another reason to do it, but the fact that it will make you feel good, that's the best reason of all. It will make you feel good, because if we know knowingly slight or offend or are inconsiderate to uh, someone else, we know that, too. And we, we we carry it with us. It's like a kind of an armor, a hard shell, you know, and, and we have to be careful. We don't really want to take the raw matter, the basic goodness that really is a feature of human life and all life and distort it, you know, into something toxic. And believe me, enough people do that. So we have to really try harder to um, say, thank you.
0: Since I've been on this journey, sometimes there are challenges that are there uh, that are repetitive and, and come up and sometimes they can um, they've changed us in the past or they've brought those feelings and those, that frustration, fear, anger. And sometimes I forget when I'm going through that, how much I love people and how much I love my life. And that's, that's when I will, I feel the difference. Like if I I go to the store and I'm not perfect at it always, but I know that it's there. So I try to make it a habit that amongst all of those other feelings that walking into the Trader Joe's and, getting Liam his favorite snack and looking at the person who I do. It's like my uh, post office, although I do love post offices. Um, And just seeing that human that I don't know if I get to see him tomorrow, but to just remember how much I love people and to just have that moment. It brings me back to what I most enjoy about my life and not the other stuff that, that I carry the fears, the frustrations, the, the anger at the wrongdoing and those, and those things. I I read
2: a book recently, what you're saying reminds me, I read a book recently and it was, uh, it told a story partially of a young woman who had had several bouts with cancer. And um, when she was in a temporary remission, but nonetheless in remission, although she had a lot of other things going on in her life, I think she was a speech pathologist and you know, she had certainly other work that she could do and other things to occupy herself. She decided that she wanted to work part time at Trader Joe's as a I believe she was just a sacker before she was uh, a cashier. And the reason was, she had been so long, someone who was viewed as um, unfortunate, you know, and in a, in a sad and pitiable way because of her illness, she just wanted to be in a place where she could have fun and cheer people up. And uh, she didn't actually quit the job until she had to. I read that and I thought there's this perfect example of how you can live your gratitude for your life, how you can live your positive influence. I have to say, I, it never occurred to me to do that, but wouldn't that be a kick to just put yourself in a place where people are hurried or um, angry or upset or crowded or stressed out, and be the light, the one light perhaps that they see in the day. So we do have that opportunity, no matter where we are. I mean, for me, it's I mean, uh, it, it comes up all the time. If you actually open your eyes, you're going to see around you people who, in a almost an invisible way, are working on your behalf and um, they deserve our thanks. You know, that's just a wonderful way to change how your world looks.
1: Liam loves to take moments with people. We've been throwing the ball and playing some baseball right in the yard and people walk by, we're in a pretty busy neighborhood. People walk by usually with a dog or something. And uh, Liam will always, whenever there's someone walking by with a dog say, excuse me. And they'll look if they don't have headphones on or something. What's your dog's name? And they'll say, oh, this is uh, Scooch. Scooch is one of the dogs that goes around. And he's like, Scooch? Hi, Scooch. And what's your name? And they'll say, oh, hi, I'm Sally. Oh, hi, Sally. I'm Liam. And it just is It's a great moment for me because I love the fact that he's communicating to people and people are understanding him and all that fun stuff. But we're taking the moment to say, hey, we're here. We're both here. We're all here. There's gonna be a time where we're, none of us are here, and and we did it. We're we're here together, and it's it's a really great moment.
2: I could sum up then all of my instructions to you is,
0: be more Liam. Yes. <laughs> yes. One of my biggest challenges early on was taking Liam to a grocery store because you know it was alarming to me the things at first that people would say because I was new you know, just some of the things people would say to the, to the point where I would just not want to go into the grocery store. And then as he got older and again, he wants to know, hello, hi. At first it was just hi. And then, and it was a challenge. That was another, you know, learning lesson of what are people going to think? Or, you know, just all, all of this stuff that I was bringing and it has been really recently that we've gone in and he would do the same where he slows down and he'll be, he'll see a dog. Cause there's a dog in Trader Joe's and he'll say, what's your name? And I just noticed, because in Trader Joe's people are pretty busy. They're there to get stuff and go. I, I saw it change people. And it wasn't those looks that I'd seen, or maybe they weren't there before, but I'd seen them as being judgmental or, you know, those Preconceived whatever's, it was a a real light he was bringing to these people, that enjoyed stopping or like I remember there was a mom and she was in such a hurry and Liam was like, "Hey, what's your name?" <laughs> and <laughs> and I was like, "Well, you know," and I try to you know it's socialization. Well, sometimes people are in a hurry and you know we just it's best if you make eye contact. You not just and she screeched on her brakes and she was like, "Oh, I'm sorry. This is," and she and. The longer she introduced her kids and her dog, she slowed down. And I just saw that beautiful impact, that beautiful of just touching humanity and people. What started out as my worst nightmare going into a grocery store with Liam is now one of the most joyous parts of my day because it's such an experience to... You know, everything that I advocate and bring awareness to of like someone's value and worth, it's just there. There's no way it could be questioned. It's just in the most beautiful way. I see him shift a room.
1: What he does over and over is he makes that moment from walking from the salsa to the ranch a moment instead of just forgotten seconds of time. It's an actual moment of life. And we need those.
2: Absolutely, we do. You know, in his own way, he's what he's marshaling here is this extreme attention and devotion people have for their dogs and how they identify with their dogs. And then to be seen and greeted through the dog, that's a straight shot to the heart for everybody. You see, it's not contrived at all. And, and that's kind of what I'm getting to. Let's not contrive. Let's not make something up about being grateful. It'll just be one other thing that people are pretending to be. And that's not useful. We have to clear away what stands in the way of us seeing clearly and appreciating life. Now, my first teacher was a Japanese Zen teacher. And uh, he had a phrase he used all the time. And he would say, uh, how do you appreciate your life? he didn't mean gratitude. He was talking about how do you experience your life? You know, how close are you to that fundamental experience of life, which is not characterized in any negative way? So intimate. And that's what we're getting back to here. You see, there's not a single thought that interferes with Liam's expression. He sees and he does it, he says it, he doesn't hesitate. He doesn't second guess. He doesn't have a bad feeling. He has no expectation that people will ignore him. And that's that purity of mind that we actually should aspire to. We're very jaded, you know, you say we're socializing. Well, we all have been hyper-socialized, you know, and so we're very cautious about each other. We expect something, but usually it's the worst. You see now how can how can we live like this? And why do we live like this? You see the time we're talking about moments. But even if you compile every single second of your life, it's a flash. Mm -hmm. We have no time to spare. You know, that's really my experience of gratitude. If it's not lived, in, in kind of a spontaneous way, that I can really see and acknowledge another. And it's easy to do it with inanimate things, like I can appreciate sunshine, you know, or I can really be grateful for rain. But in these everyday situations, can I suspend my fear and my judgment and simply be present, and then I might see that somebody is offering me a profound service. And what makes it profound? It's very ordinary, (laughs) but really that's what we're all doing. You know, what we think of as life really is just service to one another over and over and over again. We may not recognize it as such, but one day you're really grateful for the UPS delivery man. And one day you're really grateful for a teacher. And one day you're really grateful. It just goes on and on and on. You know, and actually, sometimes I have to tell you this, this didn't happen this time, but sometimes I've been on a crowded airplane traveling from usually from a retreat someplace or the other. And when I am traveling from a retreat, people find me very approachable. (laughs) That's because I'm not thinking anything. And then they turn and they will tell me about themselves and uh, what's troubling them. And that's not something that I'm not wearing a sign, you know. But that's also something that happens. I found that one time I was in the hospital, actually, this was just before Georgia was born and I had a serious complication. So I was hospitalized, but you know, the nurses would come in and just tell me everything that was going wrong in their lives. And I would listen, I would just listen, you see, and reflect that back to them. They too, you know, those whose lives were defined by caretaking, you see, and selfless service.
0: They needed somebody to see and hear them. Yeah. Um, when you said about what do we expect, that's something, again, like this, this week mm-hmm. that I was just like, you know what, I just realized that I'm expecting the worst, especially when it comes to school. Like, I'm going to change what I expect. Well, why don't you just eliminate what you expect? Yeah, mm-hmm. that would be that's even better. Yeah, that's what you have to do. How do you not expect? Don't think. So you just, let's just say you, for an IEP for school, you know, everything that that involves that we we discuss. What's the best way to not think when you're put in a situation that... It's so personal. It's so personal. And, you know, just like, for instance, we we just, on Friday... Finally, Liam has the ability to actually have his place at the school. And it was this constant feeling of helplessness, do a lot of work. I think we got it, helplessness. And when you get to that helpless place, that's where we're most vulnerable because then we're like, we we just expected, like that's what we knew what was going to happen. Well, first off, expectations are made up.
2: They may be based on your experience. It's unfortunate that our experience produces expectations and not wisdom. The wisdom would be, you can't control this. It's different every time. You know, there's no guarantee. Uh, The environment's totally different. You know, the, the, the participants are totally different. Where you have tangible work that you do need to do to prepare, do it. But then you can drop that expectation that colors everything. Because whether you realize it or not, you're going to share those expectations. You're going to somehow distort what you say, or um, uh, you're gonna let it be known what your expectation is. And if it's negative, then when the people you are working with find out that you hold a low expectation of them, that's probably not gonna help. You know, it just doesn't. It's not motivating. So I would say you really have to be prepared to listen. I think if you are prepared to listen, people will hear how they speak. They'll hear what the problem is. (laughs) They, They may. But, you know, of course, I have expectations and I have worries and I have doubts. But just understand that those are always going to be hindrances, always hindrances. They're just mental constructs. They just don't serve you. And they certainly don't serve anyone else.
0: Yes, I would rather have wisdom uh, than the expectation. And when you said about low expectation, it's like ding, ding. Again, that's what I'm fighting the low expectation that's put on my son. But yet, that's really what I'm I'm doing the same thing. I'm putting a low expectation on someone else. So I can, as a ding, ding moment. It was for me
2: too. It's not just an unusual or a a specific circumstance. I mean, what? it's interesting. The service that you bring, that you two bring, and that Liam brings is unifying for everyone because we might think our circumstances are different. But as human beings, our behaviors are all the same. So we, you know, we 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 all uh, draw foregone conclusions, you see, which is just another way that we distort and limit the possibilities uh, in people, in others. Um, you know, and you might think of the teacher or you know the counselor, or the advisor, or the specialist as being a fixed entity. But they're not. They are learning through these processes that you go through. They will have different experiences, and then maybe one day, you know, they will have had their again their fear based judgments erased, because it takes a really wise person to see the truth, which is that um, they were wrong or that they um, they misjudged. That they themselves perpetuated uh, a negative stereotype. So hold out hope and be also be grateful for these folks that you see only in an adversarial role. Which means at the end of the meeting, say thank you so much for taking this time and sharing this. You know we really trust you, um, and your job is difficult. I feel like this is what I was saying to the flight attendants or not, at least thinking to them, the flight attendants. Oh my goodness, your job is so hard and you're doing the best you can. And I'm grateful that you're here. And can I have a
0: cup of coffee? <laughs> <laughs> That's it, right? Seeing someone instead of seeing our judgment. Mm-hmm. And and actually I can see now that just that, just that huge lesson of, Uh, what I'm fighting for, I'm actually guilty of doing myself. I'm Mm. fighting for equality. I'm fighting for not to have a low expectation. I'm fighting for, I'm not going to say fight. I'm working towards having that bar higher, you know, the limits taken off, but I have limited. I've let something in the past create those, those limits and whether or not they're there, it's not my I don't need to, what's my focus going to be, right? What's my focus going to be? And I can just appreciate that these people, I don't want that job. I've often said, because we know it's not just something that they do. We know it's something that they're told to do. I I don't want that job.
1: The school job. Yeah, the school
0: job. And I have seen a shift, honestly, in the last year. And it was in that conversation, now that I'm thinking, is I did say, I know this is really hard. I know you probably don't want to say what your decision is going to be to me because I can only imagine how hard that is. We know that this is what is re- what is best and I just I hope that that's, you know, where we end up. But then of course I hung up and I was like, you know that this is not Yeah, well your <laughs> expectation. It, I think we were so shocked when for the first time in so long someone had done what was right for Liam. It's always possible. Yeah. And it, like, it stopped us. Like he, uh, he was on the phone. He goes, are you there? And I couldn't talk because there was this feeling of, I want to cry and throw up at the same time, which I guess is maybe that's what no expectations feels like. I don't know, but it was, it was a fabulous experience and, and moment to have. And I, I hadn't really thought that I had done anything differently because the, the fight always seems the same. But but I had I had expected someone to do the right thing.
2: Okay, now I'm going to ask you a question. This individual that you're talking about, even no matter how long ago it was, did you put your gratitude in writing? I did,
0: we did send an email. Yeah, we did. we did. And then I was fortunate enough to be able to see this person also on Friday. And, you know, it was probably the best moment I've had with this person because it was a sincere, you know, That when you talk to someone and every word matters, which I I guess every word should always matter, but when you're aware and maybe the words were really hard to speak, but it was, I can only think that my appreciation was so big that it was hard to find the word. And I said, just thank you. And it was just a really nice moment. And I said, I don't know what tomorrow brings or the next IEP that we have, or whatever it is, transition. But in this moment, it was just gratitude. It's palpable, real, simple gratitude. Yeah, that's,
2: that's always a possibility in the human connection. If people can drop the barriers and really see and hear each other. And then beyond that, there's there's no need to communicate it in a specific way. Because you feel that... Um, Well, you feel the reality of things, really. The reality of things is that we're interconnected and we depend on each other for everything, for everything.
0: And I think I also let go of that need to say, and I don't usually do this, but in my head, but like to say, thank you, but don't forget this, 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 and this, right? In my head, like to hold on because all it just felt like is that race, that whatever that period of time, that challenge. Okay, we got through the tape and now and I didn't have to, you know, carry the mountains with me. I think I usually do.
2: We all carry them with us. Yeah, we do. We do. And that's what we have to drop because the weight of that, the pressure of that, the stress of that is not real. Yeah, we have to do that.
0: I think I would go back to saying to Melissa when she was talking about that ex that so- you could do it the same Self expectation that if you break, then you're weak, or if it becomes hard, that whatever the guilt, if you miss something, or I think it 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 would be the same thing as to drop those self expectations. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, yeah.
1: Well, you know, when you talk about expectation, it what came to me was expectation number one is not living in the moment. That's that's thinking ahead of what's happening, what the Recourse will be, or what I expect to be in the next moment, but also, in certain instances, it can counteract gratefulness. I think of walking to the corner store often to get something, and I'll run into three or four people on the way because we live in a kind of a busier area. Oh, I've Said that twice now, uh, and but I'm I, I always say hello. What's that?
0: That the area is busier. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, we live in we live in a city. Uh, <laughs> I just grew up in a lot of places where you could walk and you would never see anybody, a raccoon or something. But I'll always say, hi, or good afternoon, or something. And very often, there's no response. And in the past, I've caught myself saying, you know, I can walk around town, say hi to somebody. I'll say hi to 10 people. Nobody says anything in this town. Well, what was the point of me even saying hi then? You know, like that's, (laughs) right? What was the point? The point was, I'm doing it. The expectation of someone coming back with something is not legitimate. Liam does the same thing with the person with the dog. If the person has their earphones or headphones on or on the phone and they walk by and do not hear him say, Excuse me, what's your dog's name? Or just excuse me. They just keep walking. Or maybe they thought they heard something, but keep walking. Liam just kind of looks at me and goes, eh. Just shrugs his shoulders. And then we're on to the next thing, which is throw the ball and try to hit it with a bat. Right? The next moment, no expectations. Just here's what I'm doing in the moment. Something happens and either i i hear what the dog's name is or okay mm, shrug off to the next thing so the expectation could cancel the gratitude
2: absolutely if you have an expectation then what you've experienced is disappointment you know you you experience disappointment or um you know a little you know mild frustration or maybe you say oh you know uh, i hate people like that or you know isn't that rude or whatever you do you see But if your good morning is sincere, that's very profound and has a very high impact on you, if not on someone else. You are sincerely saying to someone something that sounds so trivial, but to have a genuine, to offer that with with genuineness and sincerity. And again, it gets back to this. Everything we do is an offering everything we receive is an offering. Can we accept what comes our way, you know, and can we give wholeheartedly, you know, these are, these are not seasonal issues or they, you know, they, they, these are just deeply relevant human questions. How do we live? You know, how do we live? If we live with um, a jaundiced, view a cynical view well we live in a very barren world but if we live with that uh, wholehearted innocent free offering everything that we can say or do is an offering see then we live in a world that's full of goodness you know and full of reciprocity Anyway, that's how I look at, but I did want to share one story about um, my, probably my deepest felt gratitude at Thanksgiving. Okay. Which, you know, I have to tell you, Thanksgiving is very fraught for many people and um, many families. And uh, I just recently had someone uh, contact me and tell me that they were visiting with family and, you know, they had kind of a rosy view of how it was going to go, but Instead, there was a lot of fighting and a lot of yelling and a lot of conflict. And I said, well, family is conflict. You see, that's really what it is. We may try to kind of uh, you know, whitewash it or sugarcoat it, but you see, when people come together who have no reason to pretend to be different than how they are, you see, there's likely to be conflict. But when I was a kid, when I was a kid, you know, I just, it tells you something about how I turned out. I was just not a big fan of the traditional Thanksgiving. And I guess I let my grandfather know that I was not interested in turkey and um, dressing. And I, I just, it, it wasn't tasty. It wasn't fun enough for, if I, for really for me to be thankful. I asked my grandparents if at their table, they could serve me um, a frozen cheese pizza. Now this was at a time when you know, the processed food and frozen foods had not reached the heights you know, of sophistication. This was just a cardboard tasting cheese pizza. But since it was disallowed in my home, it was a real treat. And for this to be special, you know, that's what I would like to have. So I have a photograph of me. I'm probably nine or ten at my grandfather's table. Everybody else had a big buffet of you know, of, of turkey and dressing, mashed potatoes and so forth and so on, green beans. And there I was with, with my cheese pizza. And I had another request, which was that you serve me black olives, which of course, then I put on my fingertips, you know, and I was eating the black olives off of my fingertips with my cheese pizza. And what what I, the point I'm getting to is that my grandfather was so delighted to see me enjoy what I've been offered. That to me was, is just such a lifelong lesson. I need to be more like my grandfather and Liam to really see and receive and recognize what pleases people, what people need, how to include people, how to respect people and to give it. And so that's oddly enough, somehow what I can offer you in terms of my lesson in gratitude, let it be frozen cheese pizza, you know, and let it be black olives. It doesn't have to look a certain way for it to be real. And that's what we need to remember in all of our encounters. It doesn't have to look like a postcard or, you know, a storybook to really gather with people as you are and as they are and let people be totally themselves
0: that's the greatest joy and uh what a gift i just love talking to you just the gifts maybe it's because i'm so thankful each time we sit down to talk and i see you and i i really am very focused i i don't i don't i no longer take notes i'm very focused on hearing because one of my favorite things to do is afterwards when Stephen's editing is to go back and listen and then I it seeks in even more and I remember and I can even hear more of of what we talked about and um, there's been so many of the simplest turns even just today checking in and how can I ask for something that I'm not giving maybe they're fighting too to not have the expectation on them um, my life is richer knowing you. And I'm very thankful for that.
1: Thank you for this heart expanding and mind expanding conversation. And, and thank you.
2: I can see you're practicing. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Thank you too. Uh, thank you both of you for your friendship. Thank you. All right. I love you guys. Love you oh, too. We love you.
1: Goodbye, Mazen.
2: Okay. Bye now.